Hurricane Maria slamming into the island, and as you heard, one official saying the island is destroyed. Wind howls and screeches, the doors rattle. Puerto Rico is still without power. To rescue people who have no way of calling for help. And they're flying through the air like projectiles. Hello, I am Gabriela Repollet, and welcome to the voice of a Hurricane Maria survivor. Today, I will be sharing my experience before, during, and after the hurricane, and how this experience changed my perspective of things now. So stick around and accompany me while I narrate this very important event. The official death toll had been 64. Tonight, that death toll now 2,975 lives lost. Hurricane Maria arrived on the island of Puerto Rico on September 20th, 2017. Maria made its landfall as a Category 5 hurricane near Jabucoa. With winds of 155 miles per hour, it caused complete devastation on the island. Maria was the strongest hurricane to ever hit the island and the third costliest hurricane on record for the nation. Now I will talk a little about the process of preparing for the hurricane. Me and my family spent September 18th and 19th preparing for the hurricane. I knew that we had to prepare, but for some reason I still hoped that all of these preparations were just simple precautions and that nothing was going to happen. We all took care of securing the windows of our house with pieces of board cut to the size and bolted to the window frame. My dad cut all the trees that surrounded our house and reinforced our roof. Our house was made out of wood, so we needed to do everything we could to make sure it would hold during the hurricane. Everything that was left outside the house was staked to the ground, tied to the columns of the house, or to any unmovable object. We cleaned and refilled our water tank, covered the glasses of the cars with anything we could find, and made sure to have enough food and water and all the necessary things. Finally, we locked ourselves into the house and waited. Management now confirms 100% of Puerto Rico now without power. On September 20th, the day of the hurricane, I woke up expecting rain and maybe winds, but everything was calm. I remember that morning just like any other, calm and sunny. I was unaware of what was going to happen next. Around 12 p.m. it started to rain, and at one point the rain was so strong that it felt as if a giant pressure washer was blasting the house. Water started to get inside the house through any cracks in the windows or walls. We lost power, and for a moment we thought our house was going to be swept away by the wind. I remember my father saying that if any part of the wooden structure failed, we had to take refuge in one of the two bathrooms that were built in concrete. I could feel the walls shaking. 
we moved all the furniture away from the walls and started to throw towels on the floor so that they would absorb the water. After a while, we just stayed in my parents' room, sat on the bed, scared and trying to ignore the sounds that came from outside the house. All this lasted until the next day. The day after the hurricane and our life afterwards just got harder. Imagine opening your door after a disastrous night and seeing only devastation and a completely destroyed nature. Trees without leaves, trees on the ground, the mountains completely bare, as if a giant torch had burned them. Distances were shortened because what was previously hidden by the trees was now visible. We could see the ground from far, a ground covered with bushes and vines did not seem to exist before. Our water tank was destroyed by a tree and the access to our house was completely covered in trunks. First, we had to clean the access to our house. It took us three days to clear the access and make it passable. Then, go to the river and springs to get water to cook and bathe. Having to wake up early in the morning to be in line to get the maximum amount of gasoline that was permitted and that sometimes it was as little as 10 bucks. Or being in line for hours and then finding out they were out of gasoline. Going to the supermarkets and having to wait in a 2-3 to three hour long line to enter the supermarket and finding out that there were only a limited amount of articles and that the prices had gone up two to three times. Adding to that, having to live without electricity for seven months. For this reason, my dad got creative and attached a gasoline motor to an old washing machine so that my mom could take a break of washing our clothes by hand. The only way to get cellular reception was driving for an hour. And even then, it wasn't guaranteed. Any kind of help from the government took a long time to arrive. And at one point, we thought that maybe the help was never going to arrive. As hours turned to days, days to weeks, and weeks to months, Puerto Rican citizens came to understand that recovery would require them to fend for themselves. They would have to bregar, figure it out work through the calamity on their own. Although everyone was going through difficult times, this made Puerto Rico stick together, help each other, and also it made the people more human, more sensible to the suffering of others. After all we went through, there is one thing I am sure about. Me and my family were more than lucky. We felt grateful. I thank God that we live in the countryside and had access to all the resources our grandparents depended upon. We survived, many people didn't. We were together. We always had food and water and most importantly, our home that was made out of wood was still standing without a scratch. Thank you all for listening. I hope that no one has to go through this experience. 
I would like to thank Nelson Vicens for helping me edit this podcast. And if you like this podcast, be sure to check out my other works. Until next time. Bye. La plena de nosotros no se detiene, la brisa va, la brisa viene, la plena de nosotros no se detiene.